girl, welcome back to another episode and a brand new year of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm your other host, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because that's how we do. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Angel. As I said, Angel Lopez. Hi, I'm Angel. a... Hi, I'm a writer and a producer, a film executive, and an astrologer. Gorgeous. Yes. And you, my love? I'm Brandon Alter. I am a tarot reader and teacher. Uh, I'm actually going to be teaching my three-week tarot and vino seminar in the art of uh, reading cards and sipping wine. If you're interested and in Los Angeles, you can um, check that out. Very exciting. Uh, yeah. Um, and if you listen to the podcast, uh, you can use the coupon code HEYGIRL, G-U-R-L, and that'll save you actually $50 on the price of tuition if you want to come and learn how to read the cards from me. Yes, hey girl. But mostly you're learning how to read the cards from yourself and your own relationship to spirit. That's really what I teach in this seminar is not just the cards themselves, but how to connect with your own intuitive gifts because we all have psychic abilities. It's just like a muscle. You got to work it out or it never gets stronger. Is this the fourth time you've done it now? Uh, let's see. I did it in our backyard. I did it down in San Diego. I did it. Yeah, this will be the fourth iteration of it. And it just keeps getting juicier and juicier. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, and I'm also, I'm a healer and I'm a writer and I'm an actor. So sometimes an actress, sometimes an actress. Yes, that's very true. Aren't you preparing for that currently? As yes. We speak? Brandonna Summer will be performing, uh, at an, at a comedy showcase on Tuesday. So I'm trying to get all that together. Oh, damn. I know. Starting this new year right out the gate. All versions of you. All versions of me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so we want to preface by saying that we actually recorded this whole podcast once before. Oh, we're going to reveal and, that. And yeah. And in the uh, you know, spirit of technology was not on our side. Uh, no. We, this is a this is a take three. We actually tried recording it once, and then we got into a fight, and then we made up, and then we recorded it a second time, which did not record. And so here we are the next day of recording this podcast for a third time. For a third time. The best time. Yeah. That's well, how we're going to look at it. Clearly, it had to happen that way. Yeah. There's a great uh, Abraham Hicks quote that I'm always saying to myself, which is, how do you know it was supposed to happen this way? Because it happened this way. I mean, you were living like that for quite some time I remember you yeah. were like saying that every other day well it's just about acceptance you know like you can waste yeah. a lot of your life wishing that things have gone a different way for you when the truth of the matter is things are always happening exactly how they should be happening and if you can surrender to that you'll be living a much happier and graceful existence when you're probably more present to the lessons that want to show up yeah because you're like this is happening for a reason this isn't happening to like punish me or in spite of me this is happening for me everything yeah. is happening for you yeah so if you open your eyes wide enough you can really sort of get a stronger sense of what it's about. So clearly having to record this podcast a third time was how it was supposed to happen. Yeah. Cause we really got to say these things probably yeah. for ourselves even more so. That's a hundred percent true. <laughs> uh, and we had to fight. Yeah. We did have to fight and then make up. Cause that's what couples do. That's what couples do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so important. I think how you fight and how you work through your issues is really like what determines how strong I think a relationship is. Cause if you have a relationship that can't survive that sort of confrontation, it's not that strong of a relationship in the first place. No. And I think a really valuable tool in understanding how you relate is to understand you and your partner's moon sign which is exactly what we're going <laughs> to deep dive into today we want to do a deep dive all into the moon and how it relates to your astrological chart so what you can learn from your moon because the sun always gets all the attention and the moon has just as much magic and medicine to give yeah queen that moon is your inner world and that's at the end of the day what we really care about yeah it's very true what's going on underneath the skin so we'll get to that moon but before yes. we do how about we just check in for a minute all right. Why don't you go first? Uh, well, we uh, did just go on a 11, 12 day. A very long trip to Hawaii. A very long trip to Hawaii. That's the name of the book. Uh, and yeah, we were in Maui. We were in Kauai. We spent um, a good two thirds of it with Brandon's family, uh, which was 
fun. You know what? It was fun. It was. And my big takeaway, now I'm just sliding right into my check-in. I guess. No, my big takeaway was it's important to mine the past for the gifts. Mm -hmm. And it's important to look back at like your trauma and why, you know, things happened the way they did and why you are the way you are. But at a certain point, you just got to let all that shit go. And you can't be so mired in how things have gone that you aren't open to the new way that things want to go. Um, I think I experienced a lot with my family this time. There's like this re-traumatization that like always wants to occur, like something bad happens. And then we just like keep talking about that bad thing as opposed to healing it and then moving forwards. And I think I've spent a lot of my adult life really looking backwards into the past. And I think I'm done with that now. Like I think I've, I've seen the past for everything it had to offer me, and now I'm going to let the past be the past, and I'm going to move forwards into the future. Yeah. I feel like that's such a core trait of anxiety, too, is that whole sort of repetitive nature Mm. of a thought or a feeling. Totally. You know? So it really does just kind of like exacerbate the like potentially like just minor issue that occurred it then that's what then creates sort of yeah that like trauma of anxiety and panic and pain yeah around something well because you're looking at that one small moment through like the glasses of the past you know like yeah. you're feeling what that weight might have been like before mm-hmm. and so it it exacerbates a situation that could just be like laughed off and moved through. Well, yeah, because then everyone else is like coming around, like pouring their juice into the cup. Totally. And then like, you know, oh, and what about this? Ooh, remember, yeah. oh, let's throw this, let's throw this flavor in there. And totally. then you've got an overflowing cup and there's juice anxiety. all over the floor and I'm, I'm slipping in it. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't get up because there's juice everywhere. Wow, that was a really exciting metaphor, honey. Thank you. I worked on it for like four minutes. But you were saying (laughs) we were in Hawaii. Yes. Oh, right. My check-in that you bamboozled. Yeah, I stole it. No, it's all good. Uh, Yeah, no, but uh, we were in Hawaii for a good amount of time, uh, which was lovely and fun and great. But but Kauai was definitely a challenging experience. gorgeous and breathtaking i think at one point we were driving and i was like this is the most beautiful place i've ever been to in my whole life yeah it's so dramatically beautiful so lush and very like jungly with these like big high cliffs and very dramatic landscapes yeah and uh you really feel the the drama of the energy in that place because it's you know not the easiest place to get around Um, there's like one main road uh and you do start to feel like the remoteness of it in certain in certain times uh, when you're traveling through it in ways that I don't necessarily feel or at least never felt like in Maui, for instance. Um, probably because it's like so flat a lot of the time in Maui. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just wanted to sort of take this opportunity to bring up that I have mentioned in the past that I have sort of like. Um, issues of panic and anxiety that I had dealt with really decades ago. Uh, but they totally like reared their ugly head, those little demons while we were in Kauai and um, certainly didn't have like the level of panic attacks that I have had in the past, but my anxiety level um, and really for me, like anxiety can take the form of like, deeply dark debilitating thoughts about like the end is near doom is on the horizon death is afoot like no joke it gets really dark and i will see myself in that space like all right angel like you are talking yourself into crazy town um none of this is real but for any of you out there who have dealt with panic or anxiety can understand that when you're in that space it's hard to talk yourself out of it it's hard to sort of see the light out of it entirely Uh, Even when you are fully aware that you're talking yourself into some sort of silly story about what's going on. Uh, So I definitely uh, found myself dealing with shit like that, thinking, yeah, that like someone's going to come into the Airbnb that we were staying in and like murder us. It got pretty cray cray. Uh, But I worked my way through it. You did. 
took lots of deep breaths. Yeah. Well, and I <laughs> I felt like the energy of the island of Kauai, because it is the oldest of the Hawaiian islands, and it's also the furthest out, it's just an energy that pushes you. Yeah. For your own good, but it really like challenges you to become more clear, to become more evolved, and I think it does that by stirring up your shit. Mm-hmm. And I think there's other places on the planet that have a similar energetic frequency like it reminded me a lot of sedona which is another very powerful place and when you step into these vortexes these really powerful places on the planet if your energy isn't clear like that strong force is going to kind of push you to get more clear right and i think that's what I, i mean i also felt i didn't i don't struggle with um the same type of anxiety that angel does my issues are different but those buttons were all triggered by the island as well to help you move through it. Yeah, and I felt like for me, like the lessons were so strong and it was ultimately just about presence and pulling myself back to presence and trusting in my spiritual nature. Totally. And yeah, trusting in sort of the presence of spirit, the presence of trust, uh, that everywhere we were was for our own good and for a reason, regardless of the challenges or the outcome um and surrender yeah surrender was that such was a the hardest key thing, yeah. yeah but it was so key there i felt like for oh, 100%. us 100 um and when you did finally surrender everything went so much more easily yeah on new year's day we took this like dope ass tubing adventure like through these old like irrigation canals yeah and there were moments where like these little like rapids would pick up and we were like in these like dark tunnels like being kind of pushed through the water in these rapids and I just use those moments as like oh yeah like this is life let it go and I had so much fun you did have so much fun you loved that oh it was so fun but it felt like lessons it felt like me embracing you know oh this is how life needs to flow yeah and by then my anxiety had subsided so it felt like so nice to get to the other side of it in a really holistic way um, you know, grateful that I could do that. Yeah, for sure. And grateful that I, imp- you know, was able to sort of step into the new year, uh, with us with a state of surrender. Yeah, and and being at peace with that. Yeah, I think my challenge was trying to put my agenda onto the island of Kauai, as opposed to respecting that the island of Kauai had her own agenda for me. And so I think that's a really great lesson as we move into this new year. If you can not have your own intentions and aspirations, but if you can also co-create with the spirit of 2019 and what is the agenda that this year has for you, Mm -hmm. if you can accept and surrender to it, I think we all will be delivered a lot more quickly to, you know, those places we're trying to go. I surrender. I surrender too. I surrender all. Oh, sorry. I went on a tangent that I'm not going to explain. I don't even know what that song is. Something Oprah sang to herself oh. once on a track at a fat camp. It's a whole story. <laughs> oh, is that when she got the call that she was in yes. the color purple? Uh, oh, that's a beautiful story. Legend. You, babes, more yeah. on more on you and how no. you're doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm just in full-on surrender mode. Yeah, you're um, busy already, though. I know. I'm busy and I don't want to be, to be totally honest <laughs> with you. I'm really wanting this like hibernation period, and it just continues to elude me so i am just surrendering to how it wants to go down you know a lot of people want their cards read because it's the beginning of the year it's a great time to get your cards read so i'm busier than usual doing that which i love and i'm so grateful for but it and then you know this brandonna stuff is happening and there's just a lot of creative output that's being asked of me and i don't necessarily feel like i've given myself all the input necessary to like Mm -hmm. have the reserve so just figuring it out day by day yeah yeah well proud of you are you yeah (laughs) thank you jumping out i'm not like entirely proud of myself right now but i feel just very discombobulated we haven't even been back a week yet and no we've been back like three days i just don't feel like i fully like landed back here that like i've settled and we kind of hit the ground running and so i definitely am feeling um scattered and i'm just trying to surrender to that as opposed to like the old me would just like try to like buckle down and like pull it all together really tight. I'm now just like, okay, well, this is just kind of how it's going to be. And to try to like have more fun with it, like not take my life so seriously. Well, you look pulled together real tight. (laughs) No, I don't. You're snatched for the gods. Well, that's nice, honey. Thank you.
Uh, so speaking of snatched, should we uh, snatch up our medicine bags and take a little peek inside? Yeah, let's All do right. that for the people. So um, let's take a little look inside our medicine, medicine bag. So this is that little segment where we kind of share the things that have been, you know, medicine for us. What's been giving us life. So what's Angel, been getting us through. Yeah, honey. What's been getting you through? Well, since we got back, we dove a little bit into this new Netflix show called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. It's amazing. If you don't know who she is, she is essentially like an organization and tidying expert from Japan. And she's written some books, and now Netflix has found their way to her. And she basically goes into people's lives and helps them to declutter and organize. But she does it from this, like, deeply soulful place. Yeah, it's very spiritual, and it's respecting that all of the objects in your home have an energy to them. And they can either help you or they can, like, hold you back. Yeah, it's super shamanic in that she, like, relates to, like, the spirit of all the objects yeah. and the spirit of the home. Yeah, one of the first things she does when she comes over and kind of talks to everybody, she, first she goes and she, like, goes through every room of the house. And then she finds what, to me, feels like the heart of the house or the central point. And she gets down on her knees and she literally says, I'm going to greet the house now. Yeah. And she gets very quiet and... To me, it seems like what she's doing is connecting to the spirit of the house or the spirits of the land and mm -hmm. just asking permission for the clearing process, which is so amazing. Yeah. I mean, she, and she's also like borderline like ghost hunter. Like as she's walking into all the rooms, I feel like she's like sensing the energy of the space. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> like what's there that needs to be exercised. Yeah. Or just, you know, in a shamanic point of view, exercise is a good word because, you know, there's no such thing as evil in a shamanic mm -hmm. point of view. It's just there are things that aren't where they're supposed to be. Right. So that's the same thing with clutter, too. It's like it's just about putting things where they are supposed to be. There's a place for everything. And if there isn't a place for something, then it's not supposed to be there. Yeah, well, she has this whole thing about like sparking joy, like does this object, does this article of clothing like spark joy for you? And, and if, if it doesn't, then you have to say thank you to it and you got to let it go. Exactly. So it's very much about that whole like, does this still belong in this space anymore or do yeah. I need to release it so it can move on? Which is such an amazing framework or rubric to use in terms of like how to you know clutter things because oftentimes we're thinking from like a very practical place like well i might use this in the future or i can't get rid of this yet because i spent so much on it but it's like if it doesn't spark joy in you why the fuck are you holding on to it yeah you just have it for other reasons that yeah. really aren't necessary to your life so i'm fully obsessed uh with her and what's uh, it called again tidying up with marie tidying Kondo? up yeah check it out y'all it's it's magic. Check it out. It's amazing. We're in the process of uh, basically like needing to sort of do some of this work in our home. Yes. So uh, I I am publicly challenging Brandon to taking on this process with me. I was really hoping you weren't going to do that. I did it. I was like, what well, take if three? we missed, yeah. I was like, well, maybe that won't come up in the third try. For this Brandon, podcast. I challenge you. Oh. All right, let's do it. We're going to we're going to do it. We can watch a few more episodes before we dive in. I need like a week or two. But yeah, I think we should just like take a weekend and we just do it. Because what you have to do, y'all, like for the for the clothing, because that's she's she's got like four or five categories. And the first category is clothing. And the way you do it is you literally pile every article of clothing that you have on your bed. And you create a huge pile because she says the shock of seeing everything that you own is what will like initiate you into getting rid of things. Yeah. And at this current moment, I am not ready for that shock. <laughs> well, you will be, baby. I know. Do I have to? Will we have to do one for Brandon and then one for Brandonna? Or do they all just pile in the same place? Uh, I'm going to feel like they all pile in the same place. I think we day. have to do it separately. We can discuss this offline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's in your bag, babes? Oh, man. In my medicine bag, and really the only thing that I want to be doing right now is watching sharp objects. <laughs> we just have TV shows. In yeah, and we just have TV week. shows. It's because we were in Hawaii and we weren't I know, watching we were any TV. Out. We were 
just in the natural world. Uh, so you might recall Sharp Objects as that HBO TV show that came out like at the beginning of Wasn't last like year. like four years ago? Yeah, it was a really long time ago. <laughs> I started watching it on the plane to Maui and I just got sucked in. It's so good. It's with Amy Adams and uh, Patricia Clarkson and uh it's just so juicy it's this murder mystery in a small town and it deals with family trauma and going back to where you grew up and it's just so juicy so that's mm. definitely on my medicine bag right now it's rare that you get sucked into something so i've been impressed yeah i just want to finish it at this point that's how i am like when it comes to like really good stories Anything. i just <laughs> like i need it to be done i need to know how it ends i can't like i can't sleep at night not knowing she's a binge she's a binger uh, and then I guess the other thing that's in my medicine bag is this album by the artist Betsy, which is spelled with all caps B-E-T-S-Y. And this also has been out for a little while. But when we were flying back from Kauai, I realized I'd only have like four or five albums downloaded from Spotify. Oh, right. So my like selection of music to listen to when I'm not connected to Wi-Fi is pretty limited. And her acoustic album was one of those uh, that I had downloaded and I just listened to it all the way through a couple of times and it's just so good. So if you haven't had a chance to get into Betsy, I highly recommend you do. And doesn't she have like some connection vocally to one of your other faves? Yeah, I mean, the reason I found her was because my friend was like, this girl sounds like Cher and you need to listen to her. And I was really upset at first because I was like, nobody sounds like Cher. But then I listened <laughs> to her and I was like, she sounds like Cher. It's, she's got this like really deep, husky, full, magical voice and it yeah. carries a lot of emotion and it's pretty, it's pretty special. So yeah, and if I'm carrying an album in my medicine bag, it's Mariah Carey's Caution and don't uh get it twisted it's pretty brilliant yeah you've been loving that yeah that that i put onto my phone before we got on the plane and definitely went through it twice yeah. while we were in flight well it's an empress year and mariah carey is certainly an empress she really is though also a divatress yes a divatress as well <laughs> well i think we should transition into our deep dive for the episode yeah let's get there all right so put on your swim fins and your scuba gear because it's time for this episode's deep, deep dive, dive. So what we want to do is we want to talk to you about your moon, particularly your moon sign. Because when anyone saddles up to you at the club and asks you what your sign is, they're always talking about the sun sign, which has a lot of value, don't get me wrong. But your moon sign is just as important and it's totally underutilized. And so we thought we would spend this first episode of the new year kind of helping you figure out how you can work with your moon. Because what astrology does is it gives you the framework to understand what your tendencies are, why you are the way you are so you can accept it and stop fighting yourself. And let's face it, the person you really want to be talking to at the club is actually going to be like, oh, and do you know what your moon is in? That's and so you true. want to be able to be like, actually, yes, I actually, do. I do know what my moon is in. So What's Angel yours in? always talks about your moon sign and your sun sign and your rising sign, a, like a way to think about what those things are is. Yeah, so I always refer to them as the big three, which are your sun, your moon, your rising. And I always... Um, you know, equate those to soul, heart, face. Yeah. So your sun is your soul, mm -hmm. your moon is your heart, and your rising sign is your face. Exactly. Which is just a great way to kind of think about, oh, how are these energies coming through? So your sun sign, your soul, the work that you came here to do, your ego, you know, it's what you shine. Yeah, it's your general essence. I always say it's kind of like the most comfortable chair in your home. It's that energy that you most know how to be in. And then your rising, and we will do, because Angel's dying to do a whole episode on your rising, so oh, we won't go into that too much. Yes. But your rising is like your face. It's what people perceive of you first, and it's also your face. It's the lens through which you perceive. Yeah, well, and it's energy, I also believe that you're like moving toward, you know, it's like energy you want to learn how to embody more, um, because at the end of the day, it's like we all want to be a little more authentic to how we express ourselves into the world, what's on our face. So the idea of needing to learn more about that energy as well. Yeah. Um, but yes, we'll get into that another time. But we're, we're really focused about, on... Yeah, your moon, which is your heart. Yeah, it's your inner self. It's how you relate emotionally to yourself um, and even sort of how you uh, take in emotional expression from others. Uh, yeah, I always say it's really how you love yourself. Mm-hmm. 
And I have come to think of the moon in addition to all of that is it's about your needs, like what your unique mm -hmm. needs are and how you get your needs met. Your moon sign really determines the way in which you feel satisfied in terms of emotional uh, fulfillment. Yeah. And those all work together since, yeah, when you're satisfied with yourself, you're showing love to yourself. Yeah. You can even think about like, you know, that book, like the love languages, they're like those five love languages. Oh like, yes. Where's my gift? Yes, exactly. Gifts, uh, quality time, love language, physical affection, you know, there are all these different ways that we show our love and, and receive it and yeah. receive it. And some we receive a lot more strongly than others. And so your moon can help you kind of figure that out. But before we even get into the specifics of uh, the moon in each sign, um, I just wanted to bring up the fact that, you know, the moon is the closest heavenly body to Earth. We right. are the most affected by the moon because of our proximity to her. If you think about the way the moon rules over the tides, she's kind of the goddess of water. And we as human beings are like 70% water, maybe even more than that. So you can understand how our own internal tides are always being affected by the moon. Yeah, that's always like the first, my first line of defense with people when they're talking about astrology and wanting to understand how it works. I'm like, well, just think of the moon and the fact that it like rules water. And yeah. We are basically water. We're basically water. <laughs> but ask any like emergency room doctor or nurse about what happens on a full moon. Like we are very connected to the moon. They're, you know, the full moon is when the emergency rooms are the busiest, all sorts of, you know, dramatic things happen. The word lunatic comes directly from Luna, the moon, you know, mm. we're very connected. So I think it's important that we start to dive into that because the moon in the tarot also rules like our unconscious and our subconscious, right? It's reflecting the light of the sun. The moon has no light of her own. Right. So it's this kind of like refracted, almost like reflective version of, of your ego, of your soul. Yeah, sort of like, like in a house of mirrors. Yeah, like what's in that, like some kind of like what's in that shadow space. Exactly. To some yeah. Yeah. So it's important to dive in. And so you have a moon in a sign like you would your sun, but you also can think about the phases of the moon. And knowing what mm. phase the moon was in at the moment of your birth is also a little clue into why you are the way that you are. If right. you were born during a new moon, then your life is really about initiating new things, building new things, creating new things. You're probably really good at starting projects, maybe not so great at finishing them. If you were born, you know, when the moon was waxing, when it was growing full in the sky, you're a builder. If you were born during a full moon, you know, that has something to say about how you express yourself, about the energy that you bring into certain situations. Mm -hmm. If you were born when the moon is waning, it's growing smaller, you're very critical. You have a critical eye. You're good at problem solving. You can see what's wrong, what needs to be fixed, what needs to be taken out, you know? So these are just things to start to think about, to meditate on, and to poetically imagine, you know, like, okay, I'm a... I'm a last, you know, phase of the moon before it's new. So what does that have to say about me and how I approach my life? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's lots of uh, complexity when it comes to the moon. And so we're just inviting you into the beginnings of it, letting this be like a jumping off point for you. Yeah, because of course, you know, the moon, you'll have a moon that's in a sign, but it also then can be in a specific house and that adds a whole other element to it and yeah um what relationships it's making to uh, the the planets and the sun in your chart so you know it all gets there but yeah we really wanted to just tackle like the moon in the various signs and sort of what the general expression of that is yeah and remember that each of the signs connect to an element so mm -hmm. are you an earth moon are you a water moon are you an air moon are you a fire moon if you remember we had harriet and the star on a couple of months ago or months ago as i like to say mm -hmm. and she said that where your moon and your chart is is how you make magic right so being aware of how you make magic is a really important thing you know do you make magic with an earth moon with a water moon you know thinking about the elements themselves yeah because they have sort of correlation to like water being emotion totally and air being Intellect. mental thoughts yeah Earth so being the body right but also just in terms of like how you might go about doing rituals if you're a mm -hmm. fire moon then probably fire ceremonies are your number one go-to you know for sure or burning things or working with staring into the fire for me i'm an earth moon nothing grounds me faster than laying on the floor and putting crystals on myself and just like getting grounded you know <laughs> angel's a water moon yeah so being in mama ocean in maui 
uh, well, now like two weeks ago. Like the most healing thing so for you. so healing yeah. and refreshing and connecting for me, for sure. So we're going to dive right in. So let's just start with Aries and we're just going to kind of talk our way through the Zodiac. Yeah. So, you know, Aries is the first sign mm-hmm. of the Zodiac and they like to do things first. So with an Aries moon, they're going to be first to feel. They're going to be first to express how they're feeling and they're going to be the first to act on their feelings. Yeah, sometimes those feelings can create a rash. <laughs> an expression. impulse. Yeah. Uh, really, any fire moon is going to be a little bit more impulsive than any other moon sign. Yeah, but Aries is, you know, it's ruled by Mars. Uh, and we have Mars and Aries currently uh, happening right now. Uh, so there is sort of a bit of like an aggression there. So I always feel like Aries moons have to be a little careful that they don't sort of, you know, uh, express too much. Yeah, too much anger. Exactly. Um, in situations. I mean, there's there's definitely passion to an Aries moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always talk about sort of like low vibration, high vibration. Yeah, so low vibe, throwing tantrums. Mm-hmm. High vibe would be like using your emotions for the good of the community, like speaking up and being a leader and saying like, this needs to be addressed because nobody's brought it up yet. Exactly. And even if you you don't, you know, if you don't have any sort of like group expression, I always find like fire... You know, is very good at, you know, with creativity. So being able to channel it into any sort of creative project for yourself can be incredibly helpful. I think Aries moons really need to, you know, sort of love themselves through what they can create, you know, what they can initiate. Yeah. So the idea of even being a leader in your home, you know, as an Aries moon and, you know, sort of initiating the tidying process or whatever you need to do, you know, I think those are all like valuable things for an Aries moon to take on. Yeah. And just knowing about yourself that as an Aries moon, you probably don't like to be hemmed in. You like to feel free to move about freely. And also, I think like the most important thing for an Aries moon is like feeling heard. So that's kind of, you know, a place to begin with, with those of you who have moon and Aries placement. All right, so then moving into a Taurus moon, as I like to call it, a Barbara Streisand moon. Oh, yes. You know, Taurans are Venus ruled, Venus, the planet of love and Mm -hmm. beauty. And so a Taurus moon wants to be gorgeous. Yeah, wants to be gorgeous and (laughs) feel gorgeous. You know, if an Aries moon wants to be heard, a Taurus moon needs to be felt. Mm. And so we can think about low vibe Taurus moon, you know, would be like shopaholic or like maybe like eating your feelings. Um, But high vibe is really like finding the luxury that's available to you, no matter, you know, how much privilege or money you have in the bank account. I think Taurus is an earth moon. So taking in the sunset, going for a hike in nature, like these are ways you can really soothe yourself. And Angel always talks about Taurus as really being like the sign of value. Yeah, well, so, self-worth or self-value. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, keep in mind that like your needs, your heart is very much consumed with your value. Yeah, I think it can be, you know, it can be a bit of a pitfall for a Taurus moon to sort of love themselves through what they have, you know, like what what they have in their bank account, what they have in their wallet, what they have on their sh- on their feet, you know, that that can be just like a very Taurus thing. Um So I think a Taurus moon has to be careful not to love themselves through what they have, but Mm -hmm. sort of find deeper, um, yeah, more rich ways to value themselves. You got to love yourself on your good hair days and your bad hair days. Yeah. So it's important to really sort of channel that sort of self-love expression into everything you do. Like you said, sort of find the beauty, find the luxury in every sort of- Wherever you are. yeah, Yeah. Wherever you are, even if you're backpacking- through you know the Appalachian Trail (laughs) like find out how you can do that for yourself to really sort of still be showing that like love to you so what about Gemini's babe what does a Gemini moon feel like well I think a Gemini moon you know again if the moon is sort of how we love ourselves I think you know the Gemini is an air sign it's all mental so it's very much through our thoughts and beliefs So, you know, a Gemini moon uh, definitely has to be much more aware of the thoughts that they use in their head, uh, primarily to describe themselves. You know, it can come down to being as simple as, you know, making a mistake and telling yourself, oh, that was so stupid. 
you know, a Gemini moon will take that word to heart. So you have to be very careful not to sort of overexpose yourself on a mental level to detrimental words when speaking about yourself. Yeah. So like the love languages, there are like words of, you know, affection, like those are very important to a Gemini. Mm -hmm. You know, that would maybe be more important than gifts, which like a Taurus moon would really love, you know, give a Taurus moon right. a gift, give a Gemini moon a compliment. Yes, completely. And that will go a far way. I also think like for a Gemini moon, um, a journaling practice is really good to be able to like see the thoughts in front of you. Mm -hmm. um, but anything that's like creative and communication based, because Geminis are the communicators of the Zodiac. Yeah, they're interested and they're interested in relating to people and communicating and seeing all sides of a situation completely. So, yeah, they, you know, they're they're big question and answer people. Uh, so I think it's important for Gemini moons to be able to be in relationship with people who can sort of dive into those conversations with them. Uh, you know, I think a Gemini doesn't mind living on the surface level of conversation. Um, but I think that Gemini moon needs to, you know, be able to delve, you know, sort of delve a little deeper into it. Yeah, for sure. All right, so the next moon is a Cancer moon, and we want to remember that Cancer is the sign in which the moon feels most at home. Every planet has a sign that we can consider its home base. Mm -hmm. So the sun loves to be in Leo the most. The moon loves to be in Cancer the most. Mars loves to be in Aries the most. Pluto loves to be in Scorpio the yes, most. Yes. I could go on, but yeah. I'll stop. <laughs> so the Cancer moon is the mooniest of moons. This is a water moon that's deeply intuitive, very emotional, extremely sensitive, and not just sensitive in their own skin, but sensitive to the energies of others. I would say nine out of 10 Cancer moons or empaths, meaning that you feel the energy of the people, places, and things that you surround yourself with. I don't think I've ever felt more seen than this moment. Because you, you are a cancer moon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am. And everything you just said is very true. Oh, good, honey. <laughs> we'll share more about it from your own perspective, living it, breathing it, feeling it. No, I mean, I definitely think there is like a very strong empathic nature. I do feel like I absorb the energy of a room. Um for better or <laughs> usually for worse. Yeah. Because uh, then you're sort of having to like clean yourself off of it. Uh, and then you also don't know what's yours and what's not yours. Yeah. Um, so it's very much about like having to learn how to be protective. And that's why that sign of the cancer is the crab, you know, because there is hard exterior shell. Yeah. Um, you know, when the crab... Protecting you know, all that soft, delicious meat. <laughs> exactly. Hey, watch <laughs> it. Uh but yeah, you know, that cancer, I, it's interesting whenever I talk to cancer moons, it's always like, yeah, you can seem a little cold, a little standoffish, um, which most agree with me on um, because we are sort of a little side eye at first of like, hey, are you going to come here and like break my heart? Are you going to hurt me? Yeah. Are you going to hurt me? That would be maybe like low vibe cancer. Like, are you going to hurt me? Always being like very watchful. Totally. As, and high vibe would be a little more like in tune with the intuitive sort of nature of it. Um, so then I think all of that comes with like establishing boundaries, um, obviously like learning trust. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I think the most important thing for a cancer moon to do is to really sort of give yourself the time to sort of rest and you know sort of pamper yourself to some degree because you know cancers can be very motherly you know very maternal I like how do I take care of of everyone else um, everyone else's feelings uh, and I think through that there can be a little bit of a loss of taking care of just even themselves on like a physical, practical level. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's really important for a cancer moon to feel held, to feel safe. For sure. So that's just something good to know that if you have a cancer moon or if you have a cancer moon in your life, the most important thing you can do is just to like hold them. Yeah, give a hug. Yeah. Like if they're immediately in like pain, 
like they will take a hug. Yeah, they don't need they don't need to talk about it. They don't need the words like Gemini do. They just need to feel held completely. And so this is why I think it's so important to dive into the moon as you start to understand, oh, like this is what I need from people. Oh, this is what this person needs from people because we're all so different and that's mm-hmm. what makes us beautiful and makes this whole being alive process complex and interesting. Yeah. So um, which brings us to yes, the Leo complex moon, and interesting which, Leo moon. Yeah, if if uh, being held is the cancer, Leo needs to be adored. Yeah, it needs to be seen <laughs> and lauded. Yeah, yeah, I think there is very much a like, you know, notice me, notice how uh lucky you are to have me here (laughs) and i think especially when we're talking about like the leo moon like the leo heart and again remember that leo is the sign of the heart um it's really important for a leo's emotions to not overwhelm the room that they're in Mm -hmm. like i think you always know how a leo is a leo moon is feeling and that's great Mm -hmm. because they express themselves and they can be a little dramatic about it but that's okay too but that they don't become this force that changes the dynamic of how everyone else is feeling right so just being aware if you have a leo moon just know like you have a really powerful emotional life and so you need to wield that power responsibly Yeah, and you have to learn how to channel it into creativity because Leo is sort of the gatekeeper of creativity. Yeah, it's the actor, the performer of the Zodiac. Yeah, so how can you channel some of that into your emotional self, you know, sort of channel some of your emotions into creative projects uh, so that you're not channeling them into your fights with your lover. (laughs) You know, it's like a Leo moon will like, you know, sort of, yeah, if they can't be a performer in some way in their career or, you know, in their hobbies, then they're going to do it in their personal life. (laughs) Yeah, or at the grocery store. Exactly. Just causing a scene. Yeah. Julianne Moore and Magnolia. (laughs) So I think it's like very important for a Leo moon to, um, you know, find ways to really like connect to their self-love in a major way, you know, make sure that they are following through with any sort of like hobbies or things of interest for them that they, you know, that will help fully express you know, themselves inside, because that's how you show yourself love is by giving yourself those opportunities. Yeah. To, to Relating prove yourself. to yourself creatively. Yeah, to show yourself. Yeah. And then moving on to our Virgo moons. Our Virgo moons. So another Earth moon. I think low vibe Virgo moon. I think that I just think the challenge with a Virgo moon is that you can be so self-critical. Yeah. And that you can be really, really hard on yourself, constantly seeing where there are problems as opposed to being proud of yourself or seeing how far you've grown. I think the Virgo moon is always seeing like what is still left to be done. There's a bit of a perfectionist element to a Virgo, you know, they're very detail oriented. So when you turn that within (laughs) to your emotional self, you know, yeah, you can be pretty nitpicky about yourself. uh, And and like, and, you know, that's can express then at, you know, when you're on the job, and you're turning in whatever, you know, something to your boss or doing whatever. And all you see are the little mistakes that you made along the way. Um, It can be hard for you to then like accept the reward that comes with it. Um, and you can make that about yourself, you know, that you're not good enough as opposed to just the letting it be about the work. Yeah. So important for you, Virgo moons, to learn how to be really gentle with yourselves. Yeah, because Virgo is really also the sign of the healer. Um, so there's so much internal healing that a Virgo moon can be really capable of, um, so if you can find the you know the ways that you really respond to when it comes to healing then you can like really allow yourself to make the you know make room for it in your life. Yeah, and that just gives you another skill set to kind of turn to when you do start to feel those really dark critical voices creeping up. Yeah, and remember too that yeah, cuz Virgo is ruled by Mercury, so it is all mentality. So and similar to how we were talking about Gemini, the words you use to communicate to yourself are tantamount. Completely. Um, 
and being yeah really aware of the words you use to express yourself to those you are trying to you know like, yeah like get your emotions across to yeah so you know use use your words wisely all right moving on to libra moon if you have a moon in libra you gorgeous thing. Also yeah. Venus ruled. So Taurus and Libra, even though Libra is an air sign and Taurus is an earth sign, they're both ruled by Venus. And these are two signs that really are, uh, that value beauty and not just beauty in terms of like, God, she's gorgeous, but like the beauty of alignment, you know, the beauty of the natural world. I think Libra moons are so obsessed with peace and making sure that everybody is kind of feeling okay. Mm-hmm. That one of the pitfalls of a Libra moon is that you might put yourself last. Yeah, there can be a little bit of a people pleaser at play when it comes to the Libra moon. Um, uh, and I always think, too, of like just how charming a Libra moon can be mm, totally. <laughs> just in general. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really about bringing that peace and balance within and to yourself. So, you know, I like think of the image, you know, of when you're traveling, you know, and the, the gas or the gas mask. Uh, that the image of mask. yeah, that image of when you're traveling and putting the oxygen mask on, you know, and sort of needing to put it on yourself first before helping others. Have I you think... ever had to do that? Have you ever been on a flight where they came down? No, no. have you? No, I was just curious. Oh God. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so Libra moons, put your oxygen mask on first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think if you can sort of feel that internal balance within and feel like you're checking off all the boxes for yourself of what you want to get accomplished, then you can really sort of be present to help others in a more meaningful way, as opposed to low vibe, using getting everyone else into balance to make yourself feel good about yourself. Because mm. that's ultimately not truly a value and, it, and it's not substantial, You know, that will, at the end of the day, you know, when you're sitting back at home and feeling depleted, it's because, yeah, you never really filled your cup up, Mm. you know? Yeah. All that juice left on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Just spilling juice left and right. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I do think like a Libra moon is like a beautiful placement because you are just like a really caring, loving individual, you know, like good partners, yeah. Libra moon, you know, but yeah. you have to be a good partner to yourself first. Totally. I think it's important for a Libra moon to feel connected. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that's really important for a Libra moon because it's also totally. the sign of partnership, you know? Yeah. So your needs are are partially about like how you partner. Mm-hmm. So just knowing that, you know, like if there are things you want to get done, Libra moon, you might need someone to help you with it. Yeah. You love yourself through your relationships and how well you operate in them. Again, it's just making sure that you're not using those relationships to just feel good about yourself because they're there. Totally. Um, All right. Scorpio moon. Oh, this is a deep moon, honey. I mean, I think if you have a Scorpio moon, it's very healing to know like, yes, like you are probably one of the deepest feelers of the Zodiac. Like you're 20,000 leagues under the sea. You feel things really deeply Mm -hmm. and you don't let them go. Yeah, I guess I would say, yeah, if we're continuing this whole, like, what they need to feel, Mm -hmm. like, you know, a Scorpio moon needs to feel moved. Ah, they need to feel moved. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, if you're going to commit, you know, you can't commit to something unless it moves you on some level. And that'd be a job, a relationship, you know, you... Every now and then, I mean, shit, every now and then, half my life, you know, I had to like take jobs, you know, just because like I had to take them, you know, and I think now, you know, that's like sort of that low vibe, right, of the Scorpio moon of like, I have to take this though my heart's not in it. Yeah, do what I have to do. Yeah, and then you're like beating yourself up the whole time. Um you know, as long as, you know, of course, if that is your situation and you have no choice in your Scorpio moon and, you know, or you feel like you have no choice in the matter, then it's just making sure that you're, you know, doing some sort of side hustle that like infuses your passion, you know, or, or, or that, Im- that is completely involved in your passion. Yeah. I should say. But a Scorpio moon has an insane amount of passion. It's mm-hmm. a very passionate moon. It's a very intense moon. And so it's important for you, I think, even to just accept your situation. And what about this current situation does move me? 
Completely. Like, there's always a deeper level for the Scorpio moon. There's always a deeper place you can go. So maybe the reason why you're unfulfilled is because you haven't actually gone deep enough. Yeah, or you're, to what I was saying, or you're forcing yourself to go deep into something that you really don't fully care about. Yeah. You know, Scorpios are so all or nothing, you know? So if your mind or your heart is feeling nothing, but your body is having to go all in because you feel you have to, like, that ain't working, sister. Totally. So you got to make sure that your heart is in it. Yeah. And again, remember, like, you know, when Angel gives readings, he says, like, so you're a Scorpio heart. So you're a Libra heart. You know, it's like it's giving your heart a personality. It's giving your heart this container, this framework mm -hmm. to help you understand what sort of heart do I have? Yeah. Do I have a sensitive heart or do I have kind of a tough, bitchy heart? <laughs> do I, have I, have a tough, I have a tough, bitchy heart. <laughs> we'll get well, there. We'll yeah. get there. <laughs> uh yeah let's uh yeah we're almost there so let's do sag moon sag now. moon hey girl party girl moon yes party people so you know like sagittarians have a reputation for being the party people of the zodiac they are also <laughs> fire signs but we also want to remember that sagittarius is the sign of the truth seeker you know it's that arrow that is unflinching in its you know path towards the truth yeah and so that means travel philosophy higher learning i think if you have a sag moon it means that you're heart needs to see new people places and things yeah needs to learn needs to learn and travel i think a sag moon needs to feel movement mm -hmm. yeah she cannot like sit on the couch every night and watch jeopardy no she cannot like, that's that, that's not the way for her to learn yeah that's low vibe and very excitable i think a sag moon is very excitable i think um mm -hmm. a sag moon might need to be careful about like agreeing to things in the heat of the moment right and then later being like why the fuck did i agree to that you know um one <laughs> well, i've also learned recently too like that sag like a low vibe sag moon like has to be careful not to be too know-it-all mm. you know because it's like oh yes i read a book on this and now like I I'm get the it. expert yeah totally <laughs> yeah because they are good at retaining knowledge but you know you have to be careful not to love yourself through how much you think you know yeah love yourself for the never-ending pursuit exactly of being a student as opposed to like oh I'm a snooty a teacher I'm a snooty teacher Ugh, I had a I had one snooty teacher geometry class all right so let's move along to Capricorn moon Oh, well, this is your neck of the woods. Yes, this is my neck of the woods. It should be said that Angel and I have opposing moons. Yeah, which is a whole thing. It's everybody. a whole thing. Oh, yeah, we could probably do a show on it someday. <laughs> Cancer and Capricorn are opposing signs, meaning they are as opposite as you can get. Frickin' frack. And we have our hearts in these opposite signs. Mm -hmm. And so we've had to learn through the course of our eight plus year relationship how to expand what our hearts are capable of because what Angel needs and what I need literally could not be more different. Yeah, and we sometimes learn those through heated arguments. Yes. And sometimes through crying on the bathroom floor. Sometimes through massive love fest. That's true. Here's the thing. A Capricorn moon is actually a very, very, very sensitive moon, a lot like a Cancer moon. Mm -hmm. It's just that the exterior that a Capricorn moon presents is very cold and unfeeling. And that's because a Capricorn moon is all business. A Capricorn moon, the way you get your needs met is through your ambition. And yeah. I have discovered that everyone with a Capricorn moon has huge ambition, which doesn't necessarily mean that you want to be famous. It's not necessarily about you yourself. It's about what you want to achieve in the world. And it's enormous. And so you have to take responsibility for the fact. And, you know, I think for me, my journey with coming to understand and how to work with my moon is that for a long time I was trying to like downplay my ambition because I thought it was like egoic. You know, I thought uh -huh. like, oh, I just like want to be famous or blah, blah, blah. But then I realized like, no, no, no. I just have this deep, soulful, heart-driven need to make a big impact. Mm -hmm. That's just part of it. And so now that I've allowed myself that, you know, my life gets a lot easier. And so as long as I do something every day towards that, I feel like I've taken care of myself. I think also... With a Capricorn moon, it's all about work. You know, Capricorns are the workhorses of the Zodiac. So it's like you low vibe workaholic, but high vibe, it's like you take your work very seriously and you work from your heart. Well, yeah, and I think they're fantastic problem solvers. So I think the challenge is on that low vibe to just sort of look for the problems. Yeah, totally. You know, uh, to, to fix so that yeah. you have something to do, uh, you know, as opposed to sort of looking at the bigger picture and then using that problem-solving technique to sort of, you know, sort of troubleshoot as you go along. Don't make that the headline. Yeah. 
you know, like make the goal the headline, not the problems that need to be answered to yeah, get to the goal. For sure. I mean, because that low vibe Capricorn moon can be like a big complainer. Oh, she can be a bitch. Yeah, girl. She can be like, I would have done it so much better. <laughs> but when you're remembering like what your Capricorn moon is trying to build, which is like a framework for not just yourself, but for the community, you know, Capricorns build for the larger sense of things, then using your powers of criticism in a gentle way to help bring other people up to their potential. Yeah. So I think it's really important for any Capricorn moves out there to learn how to be like more gentle with yourself to ignite that element. Cause yeah, you do have it within you, you know, you're not all just like tough and like, leave me alone vibes, you know, even though they can be a little lone wolfy yeah, at times. For sure. You know, um, I always think of Cher cause Cher has a Capricorn moon, you know? Right. And she does have that like kind of tough exterior, but you see like how sensitive she really is underneath it and what ambition she has, you know? Well, and then she cares for the collective. She does. And she's building for the collective. Exactly. So I think as long as you can keep, again, that larger goal in mind, then everything you're doing can have some sort of emotional pull, you know, uh, in it. Yeah. I think the last four signs of the Zodiac, Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces, all have something in them that are connected to the collective. Yes. Um, you know, so... That kind of brings us to an Aquarius moon, which is mm-hmm. very much like a humanitarian moon, yes. a moon that is obsessed with the collective. I like to call it the rebel heart. The rebel heart. Yes, of course <laughs> you would. Um, from Madonna's last album. Yes. Still on sale. Still on, on sale. Yes. <laughs> you know, the Aquarius moon is very kooky, very eccentric. I think one of the ways that you get your needs met is by doing things differently. It's very yeah. important for the Aquarius to be an individual um yeah i use that word rebel because i always say that aquarians are like the rebels of the zodiac yeah they're contrarians they want to go about things in their own way in ways that maybe things have never been done before because they have like such like innovative ideas and techniques you know they rule technology so it's very much about like what's next what's new what's never been done before yeah how do we see this through different eyes but the challenge might be that you have a tendency to like kind of chase your own tail trying to figure out a new way to do something Mm -hmm. just to be different Mm -hmm. when the fact is is there's like 800 other ways to do it that would make your life a lot easier. Well, and the fact is you are different, honey, whether you realize it or not. You don't have to try. <laughs> you don't have to try. That's just, <laughs> just going to come out your pores. you good. Yeah. So I think that's the thing is like for Aquarius Moon is just like honor it. Like yeah. honor your fucking uniqueness. Like fly that freak flag like in front of your home and let all your neighbors be like, ooh, she freaky. Ooh, she freak. I also think, remember, I always relate to Aquarians as kind of like the scientists of the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Like there's something very intellectual and clinical and observational about them. They're definitely the voyeur. So I do think it can be a challenging moon placement to be an Aquarius moon because you might constantly be observing your emotional life as opposed mm-hmm. to experiencing your emotional life. Yeah. You know, an Aquarius moon really needs to like feel known. I think like you can connect with them through like an intellectual conversation and through ideas. Right. Um, but to really have a full experience of your emotional life, Aquarius Moon, you need to start to find a way through the intellectualizing of your emotions and how can you feel them? Yeah. Because, yeah, you can be very smart about your emotional yeah. self. You and know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you can be in therapy forever and be able to like know all your shit, but that doesn't mean that you're not still run by all your shit. No. So finding ways to cry yeah <laughs> i mean as an aquarius sun capricorn moon you know i'm a 33 year old almost 34 year old man it's taken me a really long time and i'm still on the journey of how do i allow myself to feel my emotions you know i think angel as a cancer moon is in touch with his emotions all the time it's i'm very, crying right now it's very easy for him to kind of like crawl into his heart and for me it's taken me a lot of work to be able to figure out what are the ways in which what are the pathways what are the routes back to my heart because she's an ice queen when i woke up as like a 25 26 year old human and i was like i don't know how to get to my heart like mm. i don't know where it is i don't know what the path back to it even looks like yeah. you know and it's taken me this significant journey to figure out how do I get there? How do I get back into my heart? Well, it's been a beautiful journey to watch. Well, and this year, it's really all about now like showing my heart because like now that I know how to get in there, it's now about like not hiding it, but like wherever I go saying like, here's my heart. Yeah. Like, here's my heart. This is what it is. You know, take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And then our last sign of the zodiac, bringing this moon tour in for a landing, is Pisces moon. Oh, our and, little Pisces moon. Oh, our Pisces moon. This may be the most sensitive placement in the zodiac. Oh, I yeah. Think even more than Cancer or Scorpio. But just know, all you water moons, all you water moons, very sensitive little babies. Yeah. Well, Pisces, like, you know, it's sort of plunging to the depths of the subconscious, unconscious, really, you know, yeah. having that like sort of where like spirituality lives. Mm -hmm. So it's very much uh, talk about like being a sponge, yeah. you know, like I was talking about that, you know, with sort of cancer, but like with Pisces, yeah, like you're taking in everyone's surroundings, that Pisces moon. So... You know, I think it's super important for Pisces moons to have like a real sort of grounding, like a spiritual grounding mechanism in their life, yeah. you know, whatever that is for them. Well, it's a very spiritual moon. And I would almost say like for you Pisces moons, the way that you get your needs met is really through your connection to spirit and through mm -hmm. the invisible world. Yeah. So if you don't have some sort of spiritual practice and you feel adrift, that is probably why, because... All the Pisces moons I know are so deeply psychic and intuitive that if they don't have some sort of like geography, some sort of map of how to like enter into and exit out of those worlds, they feel so lost. When I feel like that starts with an acceptance of it. Yeah. I think that, you know, I've dealt with Pisces moons who Deny don't it. really, yeah, who don't really want to accept that they have some sort of psychic connection. And then it's through sort of talking it out where suddenly it's like oh yeah when i was younger i used to have these dreams where i like predicted you know where then things would happen in real life and it's like okay okay so, so you're a very <laughs> let's person. start there and, yeah. yeah because then they would be like oh but then and but that kind of scared me totally so i shut it down yeah and there is like a, you know they sort of have access to the on and off switch to some degree you know in a way that m most others don't so the idea of how do you engage with your spirit self in a way that feels comfortable and safe but is still consistent yeah like consistency of spiritual practice for a pisces moon is so imperative um, because if you lose it then you're turning to Drugs the and alcohol yeah the unfortunate sort of low vibe Drugs version of pisces moon is <laughs> <laughs> they felt like an after school special. Yeah. Like, doobies. Doobies <laughs> and dirty martinis. Oh, that's what we're having for lunch. That's like a Saturday yeah. night. That's what we're having for lunch. But I do think, yeah, you have to be careful to like over that you're then overindulging in things, you know, because what's sort of the the flip side of sort of immersing yourself in spirit is like, I just want to turn off the lights. Yeah. I also think the other thing about a Pisces moon, too, is very romantic moon. Very romantic. Yeah. You know, Pisces are such dreamers, and they do have this inherent sense of, like, romance and poetry. Well, they're artists. So I was even going to say, like, you know, a, a good expression for loving yourself. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, meditation, you know, like... Painting. painting is a meditation. Well, yeah. <laughs> Singing. Yeah. Like even, yeah, whatever it is for you, like finding some sort of, yeah, like creative expression, I think can be really inspiring and helpful and can help ground you and can give you that emotional satisfaction. Uh, but also super important for Pisces moons to be very uh, careful in relationship. You know, because you and, can lose yourself all the way. Yeah. So making sure that you that you create that boundary for yourself so that you aren't fully immersing yourself in the other person's emotional world and then making it your own. All right. That's our tour, everybody. That's the moon tour, the spiritual gaze moon tour. So yeah. we hope that that gave you at least a little bit of excitement or some places to start looking into yourself a little bit more deeply. Again, remember all of these astrological archetypes are jumping off points for you to really begin exploring on your own and weighing what's true for you and what's not true for you. Yeah. And it's helpful even just to like get to know your friends a little better, you know, and ask them, oh, what's what's your moon sign? And, you know, that's an opportunity for you to be able to engage with them on a deeper level by just like learning to understand that and to help them engage with themselves on a deeper level, too.
And speaking of connecting on a deeper level, we're going to pull a card for the episode. It's the first card of 2019. And just know whenever you listen to this podcast, this message will resonate for you in a future place in time. So even if you're in 2024 and you're listening to back episodes of The Spiritual Gaze, this is the message you need to receive right now in this moment. And the message is Queen of Cups. So this is, you know... Double water. This is such a great card to pull when talking about the moon. Yeah. Because Queen of Cups is deep in mystery. You know, I said, you know, like Scorpio moon, 20,000 leagues under the sea. That is so much what the Queen of Cups is. She is deep, deep, deep in the mystery of being alive. And I always say that with Queen of Cups, it means that you're moving through a process that you may not entirely have words around. And so just allow yourself to be in this process of transformation. There's a lot of really intense energies happening right now. You're feeling them, whether or not you're consciously aware that you're feeling them. And so just allowing yourself to move through, to be mysterious. Well, thanks, honey. That was great. Yeah. And thank you, everybody. It's so exciting and so rewarding for Angel and I to have this platform just to connect with y'all. And the messages that you share, the way you reach out, it really makes a huge impact. So I just want to say thank you for your engagement with us and for helping us feel, you know, I was gonna say like for a Capricorn moon, feeling recognized, I think is probably one of the most important things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you even just like shout a little message out, I feel very recognized and it means a lot. So thank you. Yeah, I never really, you know, just to say because it is the beginning of a new year like I never really expected us to get to this place with this podcast just where we are able to like engage with so many people it's like so beautiful and so rewarding and super fun yeah it makes my Aquarius (laughs) son very happy because all my Aquarius son wants to do is like build a big community and just be in community relationships yeah so we're so grateful for all of you we do this for you so keep reaching out you can find us at the spiritual gaze on Instagram spiritual gaze on Twitter or the spiritual gaze.com you can email us at the spiritual gaze at gmail.com if you have any questions or um, yeah just any sort of things you want to share with us Uh, we are happy to do that and we'll you know answer uh, questions on air as they come up yeah and if you haven't had a chance to head to iTunes and to rate us. Yes. Ideally five stars. And mm-hmm. then also why I know not? why sounds, wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Uh and also I know it sounds silly, but a review makes a huge difference, not just for us, but like for the wider world. Um so if you do listen to the podcast, if you do, you know, uh get something out of this show, it would mean so much to us if you would just rate, um, subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet, and then leave a review. Hopefully a nice one. Uh, also big thank you to our neighbor, Carl, who helps us out in so many ways, technologically, but also emotionally and Mm -hmm. spiritually and mentally. He's basically our manager. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He's basically our therapist. And our manager. Uh, And a big thank you to Justin Simeon for the interstitial music that we use. We love it entirely. And also a big thank you to our little Noche, who was so good and quiet during this and is now, he's just yawning and stretching. Yeah. He's our little Scorpio moon. Until next time, this has been your moment in the the spiritual game.